Welcome to the Phil and the Kid podcast. I'm Phil Gardner. And I'm Spiro Vicellis. And today we're talking about why Toronto and Chick-fil-A. So. So how did your meeting go? You were just in a meeting. Yeah, the meeting was good. Uh, this funny story about like just networking and the whole your network is your net worth concept and all that stuff, right? We um, back in oh god, it must have been like February now. I was uh, I was doing a lease for a client at in City Place. We had a condo lease available, and I showed uh, showed this guy. This was an MLS lease. Showed this guy. Uh, from BC, he was just moving over here for uh, for work, and I, I guess part of just not always trying to sell just for the sake of selling, and being a you know nice person and giving people the information that they actually should be getting. Right, this guy was asking me about City Place versus Liberty Village. I've lived in City Place, and I currently live in Liberty Village. Unfortunately. I think a lot high. I personally prefer Liberty and I was renting a condo in city place. And, uh, I guess the opinion came across and I hate, listen, I, th- I think Liberty might end up being better for him and his situation. Needless to say, I didn't get the lease done. However, two weeks later, I see this guy, uh, walking down my laneway. I'm in the townhouse area there walking down my laneway and he hands, uh, ended up renting a, uh, a spot that's like four doors away from me. We have like common neighbors and stuff. Um, so we started shooting this shit, we started chatting and then eventually he brought me out. This is a really long winded story way to meet somebody, but, um, asked me to come for beers one night, went out for, went out for some brews with Sahi, uh, some of his buddies. And then I guess another buddy came along that, um, works in, uh, he works in like the digital marketing space He's killing it in the digital marketing space. And, uh, we just kind of hit it off a little bit, asked, I told him, Hey, listen, you work with real estate stuff. Let's go have a chat. Um, so we had a little coffee meeting this morning, definitely interested to learn more about what we do, the, the investment space. Yeah. He works with a lot of condos and things like that. And was curious to see how the freehold kind of could stack up to, uh, to condo investments. So I think, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but he's going to come out for a tour, uh, tour next week. And that should be, yeah, that should be good. That's kind of the beginnings, beginnings of a good, uh, good client slash friend relationship. And I think that all circles back to I never would have met this guy if all I was trying to do was hard sell the original dude into uh, this condo lease in City Place. Maybe so, maybe I get the condo lease done, never see the guy again, right? Instead, he's a cool dude, got a new friend, met another couple of cool dudes, and uh, leading to a potential long-term client. So what do you think? What are the big differences between City Place and Liberty Village, in your opinion? City Place for me, so when I first moved to Toronto um, from uh, from Newmarket, so a smaller town, if you will, uh, but when we first moved to Toronto, we moved to City Place, kind of like a lot of other a lot of other people I find. In We were early, mid-20s. Uh, it's very dorm roomy, if you will. Like, it's, it's a lot of condo tower. I never knew my neighbors. Um... A lot of just party, party, party all the time. Uh, it, it is nice that they are building a school there finally. So I think that will change the demographic of the neighborhood a little bit when that school is finally finished in probably two years, I guess, at this point. Um, but it, it was very party, party heavy. There were a lot of Airbnbs. Um, mm. And per- personally, I'm not a, a huge condo dweller. Um, we had a lot of midnight fire alarms and things, which yeah. are never, uh, never hugely fun. 
uh, in Liberty, I actually know my neighbors and I, that, that could be because a, we're not in a condo anymore and B, we, um, we have a dog now, right? We are, we're out and about and actually meeting other dog parents and like our, our neighbors in the town home area and stuff. So dogs they, are a great way for that too. Oh, every, huge. every morning I walk my dog, see the same neighbors. Yeah. We kinda... like even some of our neighbors that have like, they've lived in, in Liberty in the townhomes that have been our neighbors for years only just recently got a dog and they're now meeting all their neighbors. Right. And they're like, we've probably walked past each other dozens, hundreds of times. And I never knew you. I don't know your name. I've never met you before. Meanwhile, there's as nothing soon to as talk I, about. Exactly. Yeah. Right. As soon as I have a dog, I'm stopping my dog's meeting your dog. And it's actually like Sniffing encouraging people to exactly. <laughs> Thanks. butt sniffers to <laughs> encouraging me to meet my neighbors. <laughs> That is all I needed in my life. Ugh. My Callie, my dog, has taken me from an introvert to a, hey, at least I'll know my neighbors now. Thank you for butt sniffing. <laughs> God. But so, yeah. So yeah, was, so that was your meeting. That was <laughs> the long and short of it. Great meeting. Yes. Great, <laughs> uh, great meeting this morning. How'd, uh, how'd, how's your editing of our podcast been so far? I know Ooh. that's been uh, that's been a common they're constant yeah for you yeah and you know what it's it's kind of a learning curve right now it's been yeah. a learning curve uh i dealt with a lot of editing in my past just mm. for fun a lot of fun projects with my friends uh you know 10 years ago right so so i always came from that background and i had that knowledge already but uh but i don't know learning on the fly it is pretty difficult yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for people who do this a lot more than i did before <laughs> especially uh a lot of the random youtube con- content creators like it seems pretty easy right for you know you see this person talking in front of a camera blah 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 they have a million views and it's just Mm -hmm. like what but it is actually pretty difficult so you know here's one to them i I, i'm feeling it firsthand right now but it's it's also pretty fun i mean i do got to get back to work a lot of the time (laughs) and it's like all right no i got to kind of you know handle clients and right and uh meet new people so uh, it, it's it's about balancing the time now, and and we'll see going forward. I mean, I'm still learning, and I'm sure the videos will get better. Yeah, for uh, sure. Right now, it's sure. our second video. Yeah. So uh, this will be uh, up soon, and yeah, you'll you'll see the quality though. Uh, hopefully, by you know our twentieth, thirtieth, fiftieth. That's we'll get uh, yeah. yeah. Slow, slow, steady increments. And this whole thing has been such a cool, uh, such a cool learning experience. And God, I'm I'm very glad you're the one doing most of the editing because I think I would botch. <laughs> All of it. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're learning. Yeah. So I'm the one. I'll take accountability if there's yeah. any uh, any some any bad editing. That's nice. that's probably the kid <laughs> for for now. Yeah. For now and yeah. For now. For now. We'll we'll wait. Yeah. Better things to come soon. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Okay. So what else is going on? Anything Anything exciting before we dive into the topic of the week? Um. I don't know. What What else have we done? The winery. The yeah. winery was a really good time. We went. Uh, with a team at uh, Urban Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of us were there? I think it was seven. Seven. Seven of us. Yeah, seven hit up the Niagara, Niagara on the Lake, like wine tour. Yeah, we yeah. went to four different ones. Yeah. Uh, I think one was called Re. I think Pilateri is the only one I remember just because of their Nomad. sweet table. Nomad. Oh, Nomad. Yes, Nomad was good. Nomad yeah. had a very good business plan that we were all into. Yeah, Nomad here, here. was really cool because it was an art gallery and a winery. Yeah. So there was a lot of art to it. I, I know one of the owners is an artist, I believe. Or yeah. Maybe both. I think the, or? The, yeah. The, the, the wife or something was an artist. One of them's an artist. Yeah. And uh, so it's really cool. I, like you walk in to see their 
production room and yeah. the first thing you see is uh, art. Yeah, no, it was it was really nice. It was it's really art nice everywhere. And you, when you have a bus full of uh, of realtors and you're explaining things about a winery and you drop in terms like cash flow, everyone gets excited. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think we all paid a little bit more attention to that one. And then we had uh, the architecture in the basement of that pillatory. I think it was the, the longest. The longest, longest poured table. concrete table or something like that yeah. until the French decided to one-up them and pour one slightly longer. Yeah, so now the French have the longest the poured longest. concrete table. That's what I was like. I, I went to the lady on uh, taking us on the tour, and I was like, yeah. who tried to do this? Like, Was this your goal? Why you wanted the longest table? And she was just... She just answered, "Yeah, that's pretty much it." They poured <laughs> yeah. it, and they're like, "Yeah, now it's uh, now it's the longest." So okay, well there, there you go. go, there you go, and there's some cool chairs to go along with it. And there was a lot of uh, I don't know if you remember the Jim Carrey movie Twenty Three. I think that guy watched that a few too many times. <laughs> yeah, his favorite number. Way, way too much Twenty Three in that guy's life. Everything but, was uh, Twenty Three. Yeah, yeah. Twenty Three chairs. What else? Was yeah, there? I think it was like his son was born on the Twenty Third, and like his daughter was born on the Twenty. And then there was and, like, the one kid that wasn't. Yeah, the one it kid's was... born on like the second. And it's just like, poor guy. Oh, man. Poor poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Frito. Yeah. That's, that's his Frito. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my gosh. All right. So today we're going to talk about why Toronto. Yeah. Why, uh, why should you live in Toronto? Why should you invest in Toronto? What's great about Toronto? Maybe what's not. Why you shouldn't. But uh, kind of all things... All things Toronto. We are Toronto realtors. We all we live in Toronto. We love the city. So let's uh, kind of let's dive right into it. So what what's the first thing you tell people about Toronto? Because I know a lot of people, especially uh, millennials and mm-hmm. people uh, pretty much between twenty and I, I would say early forty or mid thirties, mid thirties mainly. Uh, like the concept of buying somewhere else out of the GTA or, or on mm-hmm. the outskirts of the GTA. So yes. uh, you hear a lot about uh, Hamilton, yep. uh, London. Guelph is becoming big. Guelph, Guelph and Waterloo. Like, uh, Brampton is becoming very popular. Brampton, yeah, all those, even Ajax to s- some yeah. extent. But you, you hear a lot of those cities or towns, towns yeah. whatever, cities, I guess they're cities, um, come up. What's the first thing you tell one of your clients or, or just someone you're having a conversation with. So I, I'm seeing this a lot. Like I said, I'm uh, born and raised new market uh, wife's from Aurora. We've got a lot of friends that are in that pocket uh, as well that are, they considered moving out of the neighborhood and left Toronto as an option simply because, and maybe not simply because, but a, a lot of which is that, uh, that image of unaffordability, right. That comes in, that comes with Toronto. So we have a lot of friends that now are living in the Brampton area or in the Guelph area, Kitchener, Waterloo, because you can buy quite a nice one bed or sorry, like a three bed home detached single car garage for, you know, five, 600 grand is pretty common. Um, what I, I like to argue with those people is the unaffordability aspect that they seem to think is, um, you know, due to just the geographic location, it's not, impossible to buy a property in Toronto for very similar capital and cost you very similar money monthly and not a hugely, you don't have to get into a condo, like a small condo versus like a three bed home. There is going to be some sacrifices, but some that maybe want to consider renting a basement apartment, right? I look at a, a person who maybe bought a similar property, three bed home in Brampton or Guelph for nowadays, let's call it 600 grand or so. 
you could get into a property in Toronto that's not terribly, uh, you know, too far apart. The lot might not be as large, but you can get, let's call it 750, 800 pretty comfortably. And a lot of these properties will have a basement apartment that'll rent for 1400 bucks. And that should cover the difference in your mortgage payment. So for those that think it's just a, a financially monthly income, can't afford it. That's kind of my first, uh, my first challenge, my first argument. Uh, for those that do live and work in those other smaller cities, and if that's their, that's their pace of life and they want to live and work there, all the power to them, right? All, all the power to them. But for, for me and a lot of, a lot of our, our friends and family work in the city and maybe live outside, I think, especially in today's day and age there, it's a, it's much better for, uh, kind of for just your light lifestyle is to, to live closer to work as possible or as close to work as possible so that you don't have to be jumping in and out of two hour traffic every day. Right. That, that to me was the, one of the biggest decisions living downtown to make that move downtown was I know I didn't know like for sure, but I knew like, you know, in my heart of hearts, there's going to be more opportunity in the big city, if you will. Right. Then from, uh, then from new market. So we kind of bit the bullet and just ate the additional cost. And so I, I'm positive to this day that I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have, uh, you know, the, the lifestyle, the income, even the, if I had stuck in new market or a Guelph or a Brampton, I think a lot comes with, uh, just the change of pace of a life in, in Toronto or any big city. Really. Well, just to touch on that, I, I actually, uh, was just on a showing, mm-hmm. uh, this was, uh, yesterday yep. and, it was in Deep Scarborough. Deep so, Scarbs. Deep Scarbs. So from central, central Toronto, where yeah. we are right now, located pretty much right in the middle. Yep. Um, it took me 55 minutes to get there. Right. In rush hour. So That's not even that bad. That's not that bad. I was dying. Yeah. I did not want to do it. And, <laughs> and the worst part, my clients message me and say, uh, we're going to be a few minutes late. Uh, somebody rear-ended us. Oh, no. In the traffic. Yep. So all of that happened. Yeah. I mean, they got there. They still beat me there. Which, <laughs> I mean, we, we were both running late. It was, yeah. The traffic was crazy. And I mean, yeah. sometimes you're not as used to that in downtown Toronto. Yep. Because it is so, it's, it's really dense traffic, but it's not a long distance. Yeah. But then as soon as you get to that. Like even Scarborough, mm-hmm. which which isn't too, it's still Toronto, but it's it's more getting to the outskirts. Yeah. Um, even just to Scarborough, it took me fifty five minutes. So, right. I'm just imagining some people drive two hours a day. Oh yeah, for, to and from work. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that I don't know. I, I don't think I could do that. No. I mean, it's it's something totally different. It's a whole another beast. It's it's crazy. I tried before when I was uh, still living in Newmarket, and I had a job or training for a position, thankfully, only a very brief stint, uh, a month long in the core of the city. And yeah, it was, it was two hours each way. And I mean, it, the car that I was driving was not the most traffic friendly. Um, stage three clutch was a little bit heavy for stop and go for two hours each way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty clean decision of no, I'm never doing this again for the, uh, for the drive and stuff. But I think one thing too, is just the accessibility when you have a a city that's so densely packed and I mean, our transit isn't perfect, but it is, uh, it is far better than some of the smaller cities around. And there are so many, so many options for transit. 
and my wife's going to give me shit for this because I think I only just recently took a streetcar for the first time like two <laughs> days ago. But <laughs> it is what it is. I, again, small, small town, still getting used to things even now. Um, but it, when you have, like my meeting this morning, for example, was probably would have been a 10-minute drive. I just, I mean, it was a nice day. I just stuck my headphones in and went for a walk, and it was like 12 minutes to get there. Like it, it's so many things and so much, so accessible, right? And there's a lot of nice things you can like walk by a dog park, walk by some new construction sites, got a cool view of the skyline while I was, you know, on the way over there. You're close to the water too, not too far. Yeah, exactly. We're, uh, we're about a 10 minute walk to kind of the middle of Ontario place or maybe 15 minute walk mm. to the middle of Ontario place, which is a great spot to walk the dog for sure. And it's, the uh, CNE is right there yeah. every year. Yeah, exactly. CNE just Catch wrapped a TFC up. TFC game. Yeah. T- oh God. When there's a TFC game, Liberty Village shuts down. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's nuts. The streets are, especially if we win, right? Everyone oh, on the yeah. streets. No, and Liberty crazy. Village has some of the nicest bars and patios. Yeah. 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 Probably in the city. Yeah. It's a good area. It it's is. definitely a good, uh, it's a good like family friendly, early, not maybe not family friendly, but like early family neighborhood for sure. Yeah. Like young couples. Late, late twenties, early thirties kind of thing is, uh, is our core demographic. Young professionals. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Late twenties, early thirties, young professionals. Dog is seemingly mandatory to, to live, in, <laughs> live in Liberty Village. It's, Liberty uh, Village it's really is the place common. you go where you don't want to party as much anymore. You're, you're yeah. out of that stage in your life, and you're, you're going on to the next stage, but you're not quite there yet. Exactly. It's not like the mature yeah. uh, home level. Yeah, and then, you, then where you're you raising up. three kids. No, yeah, uh, no kidding. And then you level really up from there, and you go to... Yeah, I don't know, you got lots of lots of options. Rosedale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Forest Hill. Forest Hill, yep. Exactly. Yeah. Depending so on your income bracket. You actually, you, you spoke about renting out a basement. So why mm. choose Toronto over uh, one of the surrounding areas on an investment perspective? So from, from an investment perspective, mm-hmm. why? Why should we? Okay. So there's, I mean, there's a few different reasons I think that uh, that's worth looking at for, for an investment perspective. The biggest one, and I was... I was comparing properties that I had looked at back when I lived in Newmarket and I thought would make solid investments maybe back three, four years ago. Uh, and I, I'm looking at the rents for their basement apartments and their main floor uh, main floor apartments. And over the course of four years, they might have moved a hundred bucks, right? When I'm looking at uh, when I'm looking at these units, and we're mentioning fourteen hundred dollars basements, right? Two years ago, those basements were $1,000, right? And they're the same basement would rent for 1000 bucks, maybe 1100 And two years later, they're 1415 I think we've got basements that are renting at 1800 bucks a month at this point, which, uh, I mean, which to most people from the outside looking in seems absolutely insane, right? But insul- looking a little more insular from Toronto itself, that's ultimately it. We had a three-bedroom basement rent for 1800 bucks. If you're looking at at it by the room, that's kind of cheap rent nowadays, right? Um, so the one of the largest things and the the it's kind of the, one of the biggest benefits for a lot of our clients' portfolios is the speed at which the rents are raising, uh, and which increases obviously their cash flows uh, monthly after after all their expenses. But also, it's more protected, right? We in, in Toronto, there is essentially no more freehold land left, right? And if there is, it comes at a very, very steep price uh, if you're talking about like buildable, big-time builder land, right? Uh, in these, a lot of these other cities, there is still going to be more building happening, uh, more construction on the, maybe they're going to be building townhouses or they've got space still left for semis and detached properties. 
very uncommon in Toronto. So I like the idea of owning a piece of freehold land in a city where there isn't any left, right? And then especially in a city where we're building outwards towards this like Oak Ridge's moraine up to the north. And then you've got these other cities on the east and west that are already having their own construction plus the water to the south. It gives us a little bit of this Manhattanization type of thing. Uh, I mean, I'm not an economist, so don't don't take my word for it. But okay. I think we are pretty protected um, from a lot of these these market turns and things. Um, and another, so there is sort of a safety net there. Exactly. Right? I, I personally believe there is a safety net. Again, that's just one man's opinion. But I, I do believe just a lot of the different factors around the city of Toronto provides a safety net for not only investors, right? Like to, to talking about cash flows and, and rental properties and things, but for people buying their own home as well, right? If we look back a few years ago, even a couple years ago, 2017, when there was a bit of a turn in the market after the foreign buyer tax was introduced, that impacted the outside markets, the rest of the GTA, significantly more than it impacted Toronto proper, if you will, right? A lot of these properties uh, in Toronto, I mean, not including the super high-end portion of the market, because that, I mean, that's the first thing that usually gets hit and kind of stays hit if there's any kind of economic downturn. And even even right now, the mm-hmm. the super high end hasn't s- jumped no. largely in price. It, it, it stays yeah. pretty stable. Yeah, um, exactly. It certainly hasn't, I don't believe, has caught back up to where it was, right? But the the entry-level properties, that seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollar entry-level, if you will, in Toronto, uh, that pocket really hasn't shifted. And at this point, two years later, it is fully recovered um, for for the most part and is back on the rise. Uh, it took maybe a bit of a one-year hiatus. You it know, actually just got, stalled. Yeah, exactly. It, it didn't, didn't really, go down. It, some properties in that the absolute peak took a bit of a turn down, but for the market on the whole, most of them really just kind of plateaued out for the year, right? The uh, the year over year increase really just hit a plateau and is only now is now starting to get very warm again. Markets like Richmond Hill, for example, have still not recovered, right? And it will be a while. Even markets like uh, like New Market have still have still not recovered. I saw I was looking at kind of creeping properties around. Obviously, just like to look where I where I used to live, but creeping properties that back in 2017 were one street was selling constantly in the millions, right? Or just just hitting very frequent millions. And now, even even today, you know, mid uh, mid to late twenty nineteen, is lucky for some of these properties that are otherwise comparable to break eight fifty, right? And that's that's two years after. So we're that that to me provided a little bit of uh, like a comfort, if you will, to that, that we are a little bit more insulated, and I think we're more insulated for many different factors work and the immigration rate into Toronto being a couple of them for sure. So that's something I actually always look at too is, Mm -hmm. and when I get that question that always comes up, uh, the difference between a Hamilton and uh, uh, Waterloo to some extent, London to some extent, uh, the surrounding cities of Toronto. Yep. I, I'm not saying specifically those cities, so I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm just generalizing yes. right now. Yeah. But the big thing Toronto has is many different industries. So mm-hmm. a lot of these are one industry cities, or maybe two if if they're big enough. Yep. And that they can hold that. But Toronto's so strong. There's Bay Street. There's factories. 
so many different industries. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. We have a big uh, harbor. We have yeah. The film industry is massive film, in Toronto. Huge. The tech industry, obviously, being absolutely gigantic in Toronto. There are also still a bunch of factories in Toronto mm-hmm. and just on the outskirts. So that alone it creates uh, some type of safety net mm-hmm. where you're not going to get the Detroit effect yes. in Toronto where. Uh, one thing goes and everybody loses their jobs. Nobody yeah, could sure. afford their mortgage. House prices fall and everybody's screwed. Yeah. You're not going to see something like that in Toronto. And if you ever do, it's something way worse. Something mm-hmm. way worse is happening. Yeah, where it'll I, be a global that's, problem. That's or, a global you know, problem. A, that, a countrywide issue that's yes. that's impacting so things, right? at that point, I mean, everybody's affected. Yeah, that's, it, not, it's, that's not something you can really it's a cata- against. Yeah, it's a catastrophe. So, yeah. so that's something not to worry too much about because it is out of our control yep. and any, but any individual's control. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have a Trump-like figure, <laughs> that's pretty much out of anybody's control. We'll, so We'll stay out of U.S. politics. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to stay out of U.S. politics and Canadian politics. Yeah, no kidding. We'll try to stay out until I run 2040. Hey, there you go. <laughs> the kid first press. Prime Minister. Yeah, wow. I remember which country we're in, I swear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so that's a big thing. That it, it's the industries. And, and that's yeah. what a lot of people ask me is, oh, the bubble. The bubble's going to crash oh, yes. in Toronto. Oh, or the when's bubble. That? And, and they say it with a sort of smirk on their face. Like, they yeah. know it's happening. Yeah. Oh, and, you guys are going to get burned. Oh, this is something I've debated a countless amount of pro- professors on, all yeah. my eco- economic professors. And, and uh, they always, I think, got a good... Uh, laugh out of it because yeah. at the end they knew they didn't have the answers and i knew i don't have the yeah, answers that's course. a lot of what of economics is is just yeah. guessing it's yeah. a forecast it's a it's an educated opinion yep so they would always say oh but the interest rate might rise well they told me that over a year ago yeah and it's actually stayed the exact same yeah actually i think it's gone down. it's actually gone down yeah. so that being said there's so much that you can't they they all they all told me oh it's gonna go up a full percentage and mm-hmm. and uh, then what's gonna happen to all the homes and this is gonna happen and I said oh hold on first of all if it does go up a percentage not there's, much there's a stress test in place for things like that exactly right? we're we're testing it multiple percentage points higher than what your actual mortgage rate's gonna be so if it goes up one you're, you're still, still in okay shape yeah, in the most part bad. and that this is you know lessons that our banking industry has learned from the last time things like this happened. Yes. But. So the bubble, the bubble effect is. I, I think people are just so surprised at what the homes are actually valued right yeah. now because they want to think, oh, they should be all five hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Where they don't understand that we are in New York. We are, yeah. uh, what are it, San Francisco? Mm-hmm. We are that type of city now, and actually we're growing. Where Toronto has one of the highest amounts of cranes in North America. Oh my god! So yeah, the I'm amount kidding. of cranes in Toronto, I'm pretty sure is the most out of any city in I can, I can see that. I could 100% see that. I mean, Walking fact out check of my me door in the morning, every, every day I see, uh, I can see that. I mean, I can count outside, right? At like a 100-meter walk from my house, I can count probably 12 cranes in vision, right? At so any just wait, time. just wait five years, yeah. 10 years, how many more buildings will be up, yeah. how much more dense the city will be, and how much more your property will, yeah. will be oh, worth. Yeah. There's, um, I, I mean, I heard this recently on another podcast, and I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly which one, but that somebody had mentioned something along the lines of uh, every every global city in, I mean, on this planet has had 
over the course of their, their largest development has happened over the course of like a 40 to 60 year window, right? Manhattan having its own and even cities like Rome and things like that when they came to their up until their largest state had this massive inflow of development and then it kind of hit a peak where, okay, listen, we can't go up anymore. Maybe one day we'll start to get into subterranean properties, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think we're in the midst of our gigantic construction boom now and there's going to come a time in the next couple of decades, I'm sure, within our lifetime, absolutely, that there's no more cranes in the city because there's no more space, period, to go vertically, horizontally, or or whatnot, right? And I think things are only going to get worse for people that are are calling a bubble burst at that point, right? Or the, things are just going to get more and more and more unaffordable. To call a to call a bubble burst is, I mean, I ideally, I mean, for us as an investor, that would be great, right? We could start buying up properties left, right, and center. But I'm not going to stop and hold my breath at the same time, right? Nobody, if anybody could accurately predict a bubble, then they would be a trillionaire. Warren if, Buffett, maybe. If, yeah, <laughs> he might be the closest person to it. But I, I even him, I think he just operates on very sound investment tactics. He's not, uh, and he keeps investing. That's exactly. something that keeps him going and keeps his portfolio growing. Is that mm. he doesn't wait for something crazy to happen. He doesn't wait. Once you start waiting today, yep. Four or five years go by, and then all the, still you're still waiting, and because the prices have only gotten higher. more unaffordable, right? And that's anything. Look at Bitcoin. If yeah. people, if people sat there when it first came out and said, "I'm going to wait four years, yeah. and then it's going to crash," probably so I don't want to even invest. I mean, people yeah, invested. It, right did. Did. it did, but it's still <laughs> worth what? Oh yeah, way uh, more than if they were to invest right away and cash out when it was exactly higher, even so, today, right? So I mean, there's always that scared mm-hmm. risk you take. It's more about overcoming your own fear than anything else. There's a a really common saying that I've heard, uh, I mean, quite a bit in the beginning of real estate investing is instead of don't don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and then wait, right? The biggest gain you have is over a long term with with the wealth creation that real estate can allow. Instead of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that bubble to burst, and then things are just so much more unaffordable. Even if the bubble does burst, it may what it goes down ten percent. Call it twenty percent. Their properties, especially in Toronto, if you're talking about the recent four or five years, are still more expensive than when you first started, right? And the entire time you could have been paying down your mortgage, and your tenant could have been paying you some cash flow, and uh, all these other all these other aspects. Let's bring this back. So we're talking about investments. Uh, what are and you might have touched on this a little bit, but what are the differences in rents that you see from a Toronto property, let's say Midtown Toronto, where okay. we operate uh, mainly, Yep. and let's say an outskirts. I, I can touch a little bit on the outskirts, but but let's say a, a Waterloo or a, a You Hamilton. will definitely do better to touch on the outskirts of <laughs> yeah, Waterloo, Waterloo than I will, but... I mean, um, I can touch on anything too, but I mean, but I want to hear your perspective on yeah, it. Yeah, so I mean... we. This is, it's a bit tougher because I haven't operated in those other markets for quite a while. Uh, I, I focus 100% on City of Toronto rental properties And I think nowadays. that's what our, our team yeah, has exactly. really shifted gears to focus mm-hmm. on. Fully, full, full tilt on, uh, on Toronto rentals. But, uh, so let's, let's talk about a one-bedroom basement apartment as, as a benchmark, right? For the, ultimately the cheapest property, cheapest rental unit you can find in the City of Toronto, Midtown with a decent height that's not in absolute shambles, 
you can expect to pay about 1400 bucks uh, a month, all inclusive. Uh, like that's a benefit all inclusive <laughs> for, uh, for a basement apartment with like a six foot five ceiling height, decent finishes, that type of thing. Uh, you're going to go upwards of 1800 bucks if that one bedroom is above grade. So your main floor, top floor, something along those lines. If it ends up being in a condo, you're going to be looking closer to like 21 to 2300, depending on the location and age of the condo as well. And whether or not it's parking, right? I just rented one out for 3200, one bedroom. That's, that's absolutely insane. Right. In the, that was in the core, right? That's like, right, right at the water. It's a great apartment. Yeah. And the, the whole building, all the amenities it has. Right. Golf simulator. Nice oh, that's gym. sweet. How many square feet was that? Me on the spot here. <laughs> uh, rough, rough estimate. Uh, it, was, it was it was two that? floors. Oh, okay. So it was one of those uh, like Queen's there was, Key. It was ones? a bedroom and a den. It was gotcha. considered a bedroom and a den, like so. the old style ones on Queen's Key, like that type of thing. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, I believe, was it Ten Young or Gotcha. Yeah, those remember. are. I mean, that that's pretty primo, right? In terms yeah. of location, and they got a great deal because it's right where they wanted to be. Yeah. There's a parking spot. Uh, it wasn't actually no parking spot included, so they had to rent a parking spot above that. On top of that, so yeah. you're and parking's two to like three cables bucks included, probably. which is pretty cool. Oh, the that's whole neat. building has that's cable. that's yeah odd. That's old, old yeah, style, old, right? Yeah. That so you're you're thirty five hundred bucks for a one bedroom apartment, With assuming it's pretty big, but and in a great location. Great but location. Uh, that's what Prime gets you exactly. One bedroom. Not many. Not many other places I can think where. 3500 bucks is is an acceptable one bedroom rent, right? No. So like what's a what's a one bedroom go for in Waterloo? Waterloo example? it goes anywhere from uh $800 to mm-hmm. I mean 1200 if Okay. But that's that's, you know, 1200 like would be top of the line kind of thing. Yeah, more more top of the line stuff. Gotcha. I mean, see Waterloo and London mm-hmm. tend to focus on student housing. So yes. There's more two, three, four bedrooms. Right. Um, there's, I mean, there's three bedrooms that the higher end ones could get $2,400. Gotcha. Uh, but what you're doing is you're spending, let's say, $500,000 to buy that place. Yeah. And you get that $2,400. Mm-hmm. The biggest risk of student housing, which you could see a lot of cash flow benefits. Of to course. It. You don't get the housing hack in uh, student housing mm-hmm. as much because of, the appreciation you don't see that appreciation as much in student housing gotcha uh they usually stay around i guess they're especially in big university towns too there's very specific pockets that are our student uh student housing or that students want to be living in yes and nobody else it's just for students students the properties are in pretty rough condition Mm. and you get students uh not treating them that well. So, yeah, so I, I get mean, the, the risk, the, I guess the, the, the risk, risk and reward are different. Is a little bit higher. However, I do know a lot. I know a few guys that do that type of, that type of investing and have managed to make it work pretty well for them. I imagine the, the high cash flows certainly help yeah. offset some of the other issues. So people see risk. the cash flow and that's the one thing that throws them off. They say, mm-hmm. Oh, I can get this much money a year, yep. but they don't understand that they're going to have to most likely put almost all of that, yep. if not more, uh, back on the property mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's not in that first year but going forward you're gonna have to replace things there's gonna be some right. issues and and you don't get that reappraisal of right that high value it's, it's so, tougher and a lot of student rentals too are given they're rented by the room you're not really cutting them up into different units and stuff no just it's just the one the entire yeah. thing by itself and then you get the tenant issues and mm. there's a lot to it. there's it's a lot but it, i mean 
it's not everybody's cup of tea, but yeah. some people have made some it people work are killing well. it doing yeah. that, right? It's everyone's got their own investment strategy. I know some guys do Airbnbs and are killing it that way. Meanwhile, it's not something that I personally would do. Uh, I don't think that's uh, that's where my investment model fits. But I know some guys that are absolutely killing it. Airbnb that requires a lot of hands on work, a lot of management, a lot of management. Yeah. That's if you're retiring or yeah, you well, don't have to focus on your job all the time. There, I know there are other there's sub. I don't I don't even know if they're considered property management companies, but there are. Airbnb management, mm-hmm. right? Like they'll get your cleaner, they'll do your key swaps, or you can use a lot of tech nowadays to handle like the exchanging of keys yeah. or key codes or something like that on your properties. That's um, true. That's true. Yeah. That would be a cool kind of way to, I guess, subvert some of the issues, uh, or some of the tribulations, if you will, through Airbnb. Um, lots of different strategies. Vacancies so. are a lot higher too. Yeah. Yeah. You have to plan. I mean, the, the rates are higher, the vacancies are higher. So you kind of have to plan a little bit more, uh, a little more of a long-term approach depends on the time of year too, right? And the and the type your type of property. So then, so, so those are the rents of Toronto. Let's yeah, talk so about like, the lifestyle now a little bit. Mm-hmm. So lifestyle in the surrounding cities there are a little bit different. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit more. I would say slower paced for sure. Um, I know a lot of my friends paced. in Waterloo that I have all are used to totally different pace of life than I am mm-hmm. and that I was. I, it was a shell shock for me just to live there for a bit uh, i'm a city boy i've always lived yeah. downtown so i don't know it, it, it's it's a very different lifestyle so for them just relaxing hanging out mm-hmm. is, is a big thing just you know drinking beers that's right. what that's the big thing going to the pub yeah. we're here well, and that's pretty much and i'm not ripping on it at all it's, yeah. i love waterloo it's probably the most fun i've ever had in <laughs> my life but that's what you get there yeah. And that's that's the night out, which is awesome. Oh, it was I very love it. similar. Very love like it. growing up in a Waterloo-esque yeah. place, right? Growing up in Newmarket. Not really a school town, so there wasn't it's nice in in a place like a Waterloo or a, a Kitchener or a London where you have that if you're in that time of your life and you're ready to just party for four years straight. <laughs> you can't really do that in a Newmarket or Aurora. I mean you can, but then you're looked at a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah. Get Certainly looked at differently. But, uh, I mean, it was the same thing. There's a couple of different couple of different pubs that you go to with the same guys pretty frequently um, to, to circumvent the drinking way too much in my early 20s. I was huge into cars and stuff, as I think I've mentioned before. Pretty opposite so of we, drinking. You can't, oh, no, you can't exactly. You can't do both. And when you're big into modifying cars... You don't have much money left for beer at the end of the day, which was like, okay, cool. Let's grab six dudes and go hang out at Tim Hortons and wax our cars. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about how sick we are because yeah. that's all we did. I and cannot then relate. moving downtown, it was totally different. That that race car got sold very within like the first eight months, I think, of me moving downtown because you, there's just nothing to do. Yeah, If I'm trying to go find a Tim Hortons and park and hang out well good luck good luck exactly you're gonna have to drive back a, to new market get a ticket for her parking on the street <laughs> yeah because that's about it but, but there are all those other possibilities yeah I mean. absolutely so much more just opportunity so much more fast-paced and it, it if you want to do anything at any time it's there right there's there's always something to do doesn't matter what you're into what niche like if you're into any specific hobbies or anything like that you Facebook a group and there is a Toronto based group for that hobby. Doesn't matter what it is. Like you'll always find somebody to kind of fit in with in, uh, in Toronto for sure. 
And if you want to go to a pub, you can go to a pub. Like, that's an option, too. You want to go to a club? You can go to a club. (laughs) Not necessarily where I fit in anymore, but it's a thing people do. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, you can do... You can do pretty much anything you want. Oh, yeah. It's the city of dreams. That's I actually right. just read a, an article that says that Canada is the new America, where there's that American dream that people always yeah. went for. Now it's the Canadian dream. I can see that. And for it's sure. actually switched. And our middle class has gone a little bit stronger than the uh, mm-hmm. American middle class. And I can see oh, that yeah. a lot. And, and the main thing was uh, our uh, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, Toronto are right. three of the cities that are constantly in the top however many, 10 top 20 cities right. in the world to live in. Gotcha. Yeah. So Toronto's been there consistently for so long, just right at the top, mm-hmm. and it hasn't moved, and it's only getting better. So, right. I mean, these are all great signs. And things you like, sports, are a huge thing too. Yeah. I mean, how many teams do we have? We, I mean, All of the teams. All of the teams. <laughs> and we have pretty good teams too. Yeah. I mean, we don't have Kawhi anymore. Womp, womp, womp. That took we all off. saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. It's, uh, it's okay. We got the win. Yeah, right? let's, let's not talk about basketball right now. <laughs> I'm still getting over it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. All right. What else about Toronto? Why else should people live in Toronto? There are so many reasons. What's... Like, what... what? <laughs> What else can we even talk about? I don't know. We could go on for forever. Chick-fil-A. We could talk about that. Oh, Chick-fil-A. We yeah. actually have... Wait, not yet. Tomorrow. I mean, as of the time that this is released, we will have a Chick-fil-A. We are finally... But tomorrow, the first Chick-fil-A in Toronto is... Or in the in, in Canada. In Canada. Right? First in Canada, Canadian Chick-fil-A. First Canadian Chick-fil-A opens tomorrow. Getting me a chicken sandwich. Dodging the protesters. Apparently, there's mice. So says social media. Don't care. Like chicken sandwiches. Have you ever been to Chick-fil-A? Nope. <laughs> I don't even... What, what's, what's it compared I, I'm, to? I'm assuming it's just a Popeye's, but it's uh, like another, another Popeye's KFC. So is that Mary whole Browns. battle going to come here now? That whole Chick-fil-A so. versus yeah. Popeye's chicken? I feel like it might. That sandwich, the Popeye sandwich, yeah, that's not coming to Canada? I don't still know. Not here. Didn't they run out? They can't bring it here. There's none left. There's none <laughs> left. <laughs> they, yeah. they ran out of chicken at Popeye's. I heard something that someone... One of the uh, one of the people that works at Popeyes got held at gunpoint. For, Are you for all of their me? chicken sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> that could I don't know. It's social media. See, you never know. Safe city. There we go. Safe Circling city. back around safe. to we're far. I mean. Maybe not as as safe as living in the boonies or something, but we are far safer than a lot of American cities. I don't think. Don't don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure you're not going to be held at gunpoint for a chicken sandwich in Toronto. It's possible. <laughs> you never know. It's certainly possible, but the likelihood is is minimal. There's some good Portuguese chicken in this mm, city. True. I, I might I might hold somebody at gunpoint for a solid uh, solid Portuguese half chicken. You know, come with a... Never mind. I won't be holding anybody at gunpoint <laughs> ever. I will not do that. Uh, that was a joke. It's hilarious how you have to actually say yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Though. No kidding. Welcome to 2019. So how about TIFF? How about TIFF? That is... Uh, Starting today, I think. Starting to the yeah, fifth to the fifth to the fifteenth. So today, um, today for sure of for uh, fifth of September is the opening of and a big Diff. movie uh, from your generation. Yeah, my generation. It's yeah, okay. It is pretty much my generation. The Mister <laughs> the Mister Rogers movie. I think it's a it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. is is apparently supposed to be one of the hot hot button movies of of Tiff this year, but. 
Who really knows? Maybe Tom I Hanks. will. Maybe I won't see it. Yeah, Tom Hanks is is Mr. Rogers. That's pretty cool. I wonder if he'll have any allegations after this movie. We will see. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah. You never know with Hollywood nowadays. Anywho, it's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> it's also back to school. Oh my god! It's uh, that. That happened, oh, terrible transition, that, <laughs> that happened out of no, that was a terrible transition. It happened out of nowhere. Yeah, literally Absolutely a terrible transition. Nowhere. It's, uh, I mean, driving past school buses, especially when you get into some of these little side streets leading up to our office, right? I was driving here today. I was driving oh. to the podcast studio today. Yeah. And all I hear is screams. There are a bunch oh. of screams. And I'm like, yeah. I was looking around like, what the hell is happening here? And then I realized, oh, a block before, a block, yeah. a block prior, I just drove by a school and it's probably lunchtime. Yeah. So all these little kids are running around eating their lunches, screaming. Yeah, like no a kidding. bunch of goblins. Oh, yeah. Just- I, I never had... Uh, there's, a, there's a time of year where I can get to the office in like 10 to 15 minutes, pretty solid. And then there's a time of year where if I take one specific street, it, it changes that 10 to 15 minutes to like 25, 30 just to get past all the people dropping their kids off who don't give a shit about the road signs <laughs> or any of ro- any road laws, period, end of story. And at the same time, they ruin my Zini's pizza. If I, if I try and go to the specific pizza spot at lunch, there's like 12 little kids sitting out front waiting for their slice. So, Oh, yeah. Ruins, my, ruins mm. my pizza lunch. That's Quality. where I used to go to school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Zinis was my favorite. <laughs> you place. were one of those little shits that got <laughs> in my pizza way? Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, well. I think that's a good uh, good note to end it on. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, little shits and pizza. That's a, that's yeah. a good note. And to, butt sniffers. And butt sniffers. Oh, God. That's, that's the dog, not the kids. Um, <laughs> let's, let's just make sure we stay off any lists. Oh, yeah. Anywho. You, you're the one saying you're going to hold someone at gunpoint. I'm not. Okay, that's not happening, people. I don't want chicken sandwiches that I can afford my own chicken sandwiches. You never tried it yet, though, so. That's true. Depends on. how good that is. I'll hold off judgment. <laughs> yeah, maybe you will. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Thanks for tuning in to the Phil and the Kid podcast. You can uh, check us out at Phil and the Kid on Instagram. Or personally, you can find me at philg.re on Instagram or by philgardner.ca, philgardner on LinkedIn, Facebook. And you can find me at Spiro Vrisellis on Instagram, uh, Spiro Vrisellis on Facebook, Spiro Vrisellis at LinkedIn, uh, spirovrisellis.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where you can find me. That's it. Thanks for watching, guys, and we'll see you again next week.